Welcome to our Jackson home, Front Porch Conversations Without the Front Porch. I'm joined here by my brother from another mother here on the board today, Mr. Kevin Adelsberger. How are you doing this morning, Kevin? Oh, Jim, it's great. We have a uh, a Jackson native with us this morning. It's one of the interesting things about our Jackson home is that almost all of us, except for Anthony Kirk, are transplants to the city of Jackson. And it's pretty neat that we've been able to develop a love for the city, but... Um, I still love my hometown, and I would have stayed there, but there's just not a lot of jobs, you know? Right. And uh, and so I've come to Jackson and love it here, and it's it's great that we can have a Jackson native with us this morning. And so uh, Scott, Scott Conger of the United Way and City Council and Man About Town, welcome to the <laughs> podcast. Well, thanks for having me this morning. Uh, you know, the great thing about Jackson is that you can be a transplant and find ways to plug in and find ways to make Jackson your home, and, and y'all have done a great job of doing that, and so many people in Jackson have. And uh, as being a Jackson native and growing up and seeing the city grow, uh, it's always exciting to see people move into the city and get heavily involved and give back. And so, um, just I'm happy to be here this morning. Yeah, it's great. So, Scott, we just kind of talked about you being a Jackson native, and so um, talk, tell us about growing up in Jackson. Where'd you go to school? Uh, University, things like that. Right. Okay. So, yeah, Jackson native. My family's been here since 1830s. Wow. Um, you know, been heavily involved. Um, my great 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 grandfather was mayor of Jackson uh, during the Civil War. Um, great grandfather started a business here in Jackson. Uh, you go through Midtown and, and some in East Jackson, you still see Yandel and Conger stamped on on the concrete on the sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Uh, grandfather was a business owner and ended up becoming mayor in 1967 and served until 1989. So born in Jackson, uh, grew up loving Jackson, uh, being taught the history of Jackson mm-hmm. as I was growing up. Uh, my grandmother uh, still lives in the same house that they've lived in since uh, 1956. Wow. And she has a pictorial slide, so the old click slides, uh-huh. you know, the, of historic Jackson. And she does for... Uh, goes to the library sometimes and does that still and uh, it's very informational entertaining uh, except for the last slide it shows the three generations of robert conger i think i was about five years old then so <laughs> she's showing people all over town my five-year-old picture but um <laughs> that's what facebook is for <laughs> nowadays <laughs> right so grew up and you know when i started school that was before the school system consolidated so mm-hmm. i was in the city schools my mom uh, and my grandmother both were, were teachers my grandmother taught in the city school system my mom taught in the county school system and so I was uh, Andrew Jackson, Highland Park, and okay. got to third grade. Consolidation happened, and you could take your child to school with you where you taught. So moved to Denmark, okay. where my mom taught. And um, I think in my fifth grade year, we, we moved out um, into South Madison County. And so continued on West Middle, um, went to Southside, graduated, uh, went to University of Mississippi, in uh, 2006, my mom had neck surgery. She was by herself. And, you know, it's amazing how uh, technology and, and medical innovation has progressed so much since 2006. She couldn't drive a car for three months. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'm sorry. Couldn't be in a car for yeah, four or five months. Couldn't drive a car for three months. Was, couldn't lift over five pounds for six months. Yeah. So I moved back home mm-hmm. uh, and took some time off from school. I was working full time and uh, just so happened it was pouring down rain one night and was waiting a little bit at uh, Rafferty's where I worked at and started talking with um, uh, someone who worked at Lane College and mm-hmm. 
that next week I was talking to the, the recruiter for football and got offered a scholarship to, to play there. And um, so I went to Lane College and during spring practice tore my shoulder up and do what all great athletes do is retire when you're injured. And so uh, <laughs> retired from football and, and continued there with a, with a scholarship and finished up with my undergrad in history. And what a lot of people don't know is I went on and got a secondary education history endorsement. Okay. And so talked with two principals in the school system who had teachers that were scheduled to retire and mm-hmm. the history teachers. They did not retire. And so uh, looking back, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, at the time, I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. And so started working at Lane College that fall as a recruiter. I uh, went on and uh, worked in loan management and um, – Went to the foundation. Now I'm at United Way, but you know, looking back and and, and my wife is a teacher now, and, and seeing what teachers go through, and, and growing mm-hmm. up and seeing what my mom, my grandmother did, and you know, it's it's a true calling, and I don't think that I would have been able to cut it. Yeah. So with the exception of a stint at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. which can we just take a minute? Hugh Freeze, right? Oh, amazing. Jackson connection, and he's doing a great job down yes, there. Yes, he is. Uh, looking promising, mm-hmm. I guess, for next season. Um. You you're Jackson through and through. I am Jackson through and through. That's uh, that is might be a first on the podcast. That's uh, I haven't hosted all the podcasts, so right. I might have missed someone. But so that's really exciting. Um, and you just finished a stint at the West Tennessee Healthcare Foundation. Mm-hmm. You've recently started the United Way, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, but uh, what are some of the community things that you're involved with uh, here in, in Jackson that um, maybe people don't know so much about? Oh, wow. Um, well, when I, when I moved back to Jackson and, and started working, I got involved in the Neighborhood Association, uh, Lambeth Area Neighborhood Association. So that's really where I got my start mm-hmm. in, in community involvement in Jackson and, and was able to serve on the board and serve as president um, before I, I ran for office. Um, served on several nonprofit boards in Jackson before I came to United Way, and then mm-hmm. it just so happens that uh, those agencies are funded from United Way. Absolutely. So, yeah. resigned from the board, not to pose a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, served on United. I'm sorry, sorry. Served on Salvation Army Board, um, Air Relief Ministries, uh, Jackson Downtown Development Corporation, uh, and been involved. Um, supported the Jackson Symphony, the Arts Council. Um, my church is Lambeth Memorial United Methodist Church, which mm-hmm. is was when Lambeth University was here was the church where most of the students went, professors went. Yeah, beautiful sanctuary. I've it been is. down there. Uh, it's, it's an older church, uh, so we have the older church problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my first committees serving on there when I moved back was a trustees committee, so you get to see all the problems that oh, an, yeah. old, an aging church has. Um, but we do a, a pretty good job keeping it up, and so involved in there in lay leadership. Um, now I'm on the staff parish relations committee there. Um, you know, Jackson gives you so many opportunities to plug in and just plug in and plug out. Um, been involved in Leadership Jackson, uh, gone through West Star, uh, which is a leadership program for West Tennessee. And uh, as far as nonprofit boards that I'm serving on now, I'm serving on the WLJT Public Television Board. Okay. Wow. Now, Jim, when I I feel like we could say this about Scott, he's he's done just about everything you can do in Jackson. Right. So huh. skydiving. Well, have you been skydiving? I have not been skydiving. Well, he, he hits on an interesting point that uh, if you want to see real change in any city, not just Jackson, you can't, you got to get away from the us versus them. You know, we're on this side of the tracks, they're on those side of the tracks. Like mm-hmm. he talked about not only serving on boards uh, for to help needy people, he also actually went out and did 
help the needy people. Mm-hmm. Um, if any city, including Jackson, wants to see positive change, we got to see all of us as Jacksonians, from the guy standing outside on the um, bypass by Walmart asking for change all the way up to the mayor. we got to see all of us as Jacksonians mm-hmm. and all of us as important. And be willing to get involved, which yes. Scott has, has proven repeatedly. Yeah, that that's right. Um, you know, and you touched on a good point of seeing we see this divide where I, I live in North Jackson or I live in South Jackson or East Jackson, and that, that's really detrimental to any community to have that separation of, of where you live at in the city because – if we're going to see a city progress and see a city move forward, uh, we're going to all kind of have to come together and realize it's going to take everyone. That if one part of the city suffers, and ultimately, especially a city the size of Jackson, only 68,000 right. population, we're not in Nashville or Memphis where a portion of the city can be left behind and the city still be mm-hmm. prosperous. We have to all come together and make sure that we bring everyone through and, and move forward. And there's together. a lot of that in the news today, you know, like trying to split people and uh, – categorize people and that's something you're right we just got to avoid that Mm -hmm. and and one of the things that we hope to do with our jackson home is to help bring the city together and and talk about all the exciting things and so as we head into break we're going to come back and talk more about the city because scott is also a city councilman so we're going to talk about some of the exciting things happening in the city and uh, you are with us on our jackson home and we'll see you after the break Welcome back to our Jackson home, Front Porch Conversations Without the Front Porch. We're here talking with Scott Conger of the United Way. So, Kevin, tell us a bit more about Scott Conger as we head off into segment two. Well, I think one of my first interactions with Scott in the city of Jackson was when I was at the Star Center, or possibly even RIFA, as a city council member. And that's what I all I knew of Scott for a long time. So, Scott, how long have you been on the city council? I'm starting my second term, so so I'm starting my fifth year uh, this year. Just got sworn in in July 5th at the meeting. Um, had re-election last year, and thankfully, um, either everyone thought that I was the only one crazy enough to do it, uh, <laughs> but I got to run unopposed in this past election, and so um, get the opportunity and the privilege to serve four more years on the city council. And what, uh, if you could kind of describe to our listeners the area that you oh, represent, um, just so they because a lot of people might not know who their city council member is. Right. Um, so I, I would think, based on what I know about where you live, there are some people that are listening that you are their representative, but they might not know that. So yeah. give us a general – I know it's kind of hard to map out all the lines, but if you could give us a general area. It's a, it's a meandered district, and probably when it goes to, to area, my district is one of the smallest ones because we divide the districts on, on population. Uh, and so it's it's heavily condensed in population in my district. So we start on the north side of the Lambeth campus and move to the hospital area, uh, to Highland, um, take in Hollywood, actually all the way out to the Casey Jones Village, and jump just across the bypass around the Doubletree area, um, down Wallace Road, and, and come to North Parkway. So it, it, it meanders kind of funny and crazy, mm-hmm. and, and the funny thing is, the, the north side of the campus, um, Lambda campus, the football field and the baseball field are in my district. Yeah. The actual buildings are not in my district. <laughs> 
And then one side of Arlington going from Lambeth to um, Highland is in my district. And the other side of the street is not in my district. So it's... Wow. Yeah, that's complicated. Yeah. And uh, I think when I... I used to live in Heartland Place Apartments Mm -hmm. next to Kmart. I was... I think I was in your district at that time. Um, If if people are wanting to reach out to you for... As the city councilman, Mm -hmm. what's... what's, What are the best ways to contact you? Um, You know, they can... All of our information, all the city councilmen's information are on the website. Um, my cell phone's published on there just because I'm never at home and don't have a house phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm happy to give it out. It's 394-2577. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me. I, Jim, I think we have a, a moment that just happened here. The first person to give their cell phone number out on the podcast, yeah. Scott Well, Conner. see, that's, that's, why, that's why he's a good councilman because he realizes that people should not be afraid to engage their civic leaders. In fact, they should embrace it. They should feel, you know, if they want, if they if they have concerns about something in their town, don't be afraid to call the mayor. Don't Absolutely. be afraid to email somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, one voice can make a difference. One voice can change something for yay or nay. So don't be afraid to engage. You don't know what's going to happen, but you know what exactly will happen if you don't engage you'll just nothing will happen absolutely you know i represent roughly seven thousand people um forty five hundred voters and and that's how it's divided up by based on registered voters in the district Mm -hmm. and so uh, we all represent roughly the same number of voters and so it's it's impossible for us to be everywhere in the district i try to drive through my district once a week once or twice a week just to kind of see things roads that need to be repaired Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a couple spots in our district now that that need to be worked on and and we're working to get those repaired but we can't be everywhere we can't be in Mm -hmm. the things that we can't see from the road and so um, i really welcome anyone to call me and just give us insight on what we need to work on if there's something that needs to be done that we're not aware of um i'm more than more than happy to to listen and, and try to do my best to help out i also have an email address that's scongresscityofjackson.net that's my city email and i check that from my phone frequently and you're pretty active on twitter too on twitter uh yeah and if nothing else just run by the united way office and ring the doorbell <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um so what are some things that's going on in the city that uh people should be excited about uh one great thing that's going on right now uh, tuesday's our city council meeting mm-hmm. uh, our august meeting and we'll be um finalizing and approving uh the one jackson civic master plan okay and so that is the 20-year plan that includes the entire city First time since the 1970s that uh, our master plan, uh, long-range plan, has included the entire city. Mm. Uh, and the last, I think we've had two since then, uh, include portions of the city we want to work on downtown. We want to work on X85 area. Those mm-hmm. plans, specific portions. This plan actually includes the entire city. Um, and we're doing some things different as far as um, sketch drawings and business plans. Um for when people want to open a business, build a building, they have to submit renderings now to our planning commission uh, because we want to we want our entire city to be inclusive and, and kind of be cohesive on where we're going as the direction of the city. And so that, that plans several hundred pages. Uh, it's pretty extensive on what the plans we want to have. Uh, every thoroughfare coming into downtown is going to be revitalized at some point in this plan. And so it's it's exciting stuff to see mm-hmm. what we're wanting to do um, to improve the city, to make it more, I call it user-friendly, because when mm-hmm. you drive, you want to come downtown. Uh, when businesses come to town, they want to see downtown and talk about the school system. Absolutely. Because there's a certain aesthetic, too, about being in Jackson. You mentioned 
uh, earlier on that you can still see some of your family's uh, you can still see your family's names mm -hmm. on some of the buildings and it could so easily and the park there's yeah, a park it, it could be so easily a situation where they say well this is a new building let's whitewash it repaint it but i think that adds to the charm of towns where you can see the past just under the surface you can get a picture in your head of what this building must have looked like 80 years ago 100 years ago mm -hmm. and i think that's something that small towns should hang on to right their past it, and one thing we have in in the planet and what we've done in jackson is those historic areas we've zoned as historic areas so you have to go to the historic zoning commission uh the planning commission if you want to do any modifications to those buildings they have to fall within the historic guidelines mm -hmm. so we keep that historic preservation going on in those areas that are historic is uh that that civic master plan is a big deal mm -hmm. um is it online for people to go see master plan is online and i'll be happy to send you the link to that uh yeah and we'll put it up in the show mm -hmm. notes jim okay um so if you want to see that it'll be in the show notes and then what time is the sit uh well i don't know if this will be up in time for that meeting so well but, uh, our city council meetings are the first tuesday of every month and we meet at nine o'clock in city hall uh, our agenda review meetings are usually uh, provided there's not a holiday around that day the last thursday of the month before the first tuesday gotcha. and um, we meet at five o'clock in the city council room there and both of those meetings are open to the public wonderful um what are some ways if people are wanting jackson i love jackson i think it's a great place to live i don't want to live anywhere else what are some ways that we can help make it better uh, i think Probably, and you talk to the Chamber of Commerce about this, perception is reality. Um, you go to, to Jackson, Mississippi, you go to Madison, Mississippi, anywhere that's not within our viewer range of, of local media, and they say, wow, you know, Jackson's got some great things going on. You're growing, you're expanding, you're bringing industry in. You have your Jackson Walk Lift Center. Um, you know, which is almost, I think, at 100% capacity in the apartments. Uh, I've heard last week, 100% capacity. Houses are being sold before they're being built. Um, and so, but as you get closer and the people who, who watch the news and hear about things that go on think that Jackson has issues that not necessarily are the case. Uh, with a, a city that has a population of almost 120, 130,000 a day, uh, right next to an interstate. Uh, we have a lot of people that don't live here that come in here to cause problems and then jump back on the interstate and go back home. So I think what we need to do is is work collectively on that perception of what Jackson is and really do things like our Jackson Home is doing, promoting the good that's going on in Jackson and, and focusing on the negative because you look at statistically, a lot more good things happen in Jackson than negative mm -hmm. things. Absolutely. Let's close this segment with one question. Um, what is your favorite part of being a city council member? I think being able to talk to people um, and getting the idea that, that you get to help people on a daily basis when people are um, calling you, they have issues. And and one thing that I realized early on and, and probably was instilled in me when I was younger when I saw my, my grandfather deal with people when they were calling, that no matter what's going on in that city at the time right now, when that person calls you, that's the most important thing going on mm -hmm. in the city of Jackson for that person. So yeah. you have to treat that issue, no matter how small it is on the grand scale of things, that that's the most important issue that we have going on. You have to you have to at least deal with that problem the same way every time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, we're going to go into break here for a moment. We'll be back with Scott Conger and more about his work with the United Way. So stick with us. We're here between the Mississippi and Tennessee River. This is our Jackson home. Don't you go nowhere.
we're back, Jim. We are having a conversation this morning with Scott Conger, CEO and El Presidente of the United Way of West Tennessee. And Scott, you this is a recent position for you, right? Yeah, today marks three full months I've been there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a professional United Wayer now. Ask me anything and I can give you the name of someone who can answer the question for you. <laughs> well, uh, one of the best things that anybody can learn to say is, I don't know. Absolutely. And know that you're not the boss. I work with five women. So <laughs> while the title may say president, I'm definitely not the boss there. <laughs> well, tell us, well, since you can tell us about United Way, what is the purpose of the United Way? Well, our mission is to unite people and resources to build a healthier, stronger community. Um, what I like to say is we connect people to help people. Um, one thing we do is our community impact portion, which we raise money throughout the year through employee campaigns and go in 14 counties in West Tennessee, uh, raise money through payroll deduction, cash, check, uh, pledges, and then come back to our community impact. So every dollar that's raised in a county stays in the county. Uh, we have volunteer community impact members who get the applications from the agencies that we support, interview them, look at their financials, look at their audit, uh, their 990s, uh, their mission, the programs that they're requesting the funding for. Uh, they come back and reconvene, look at the bucket of money we have for a particular county, and they decide on the funding each agency gets uh, for that county. So while United Way goes out and raises the money, we depend on volunteers to decide where the money goes, and those volunteers have to live in that county. So someone in Weekly County didn't come into Madison County deciding how money in Madison County is being spent. So if I if I'm working at a factory in in Gibson County, but I live in Madison County, I can designate that money to come back to Madison County. You can get as specific as to designate the agency you want it to come to in Madison County. So you can designate for a county in general, or to go to a specific agency. So Scott Conger, you don't decide where this money goes. There's which is kind of a neat thing that you guys find volunteers in each mm -hmm. community to say, I, this is important to my community. Absolutely. And that's where the money would go. Yeah, and, and they, they spend hours on this. They go, some do site visits, uh, some do phone interviews. Um, some of the panels have them um, meet at a central location and interview them. Um, I was fortunate enough when I started in May was the, the wrapping up the community impact process. So mm -hmm. I got to go to the meetings where the, the impact panel chairs for each county were meeting. And they would spend two and a half hours talking about what agency gets the dollars because every agency that applies has gone through the due diligence. Mm -hmm. um, they're all worthy causes. Uh, they look at programs instead of agencies. So um, a, a nonprofit agency can't say, I want to be funded just in general to go into my operating budget. It has to be funded for a specific program. Mm -hmm. has to fall within health, education, or income. And so they look at that, pour over that, and come to a decision submit that to our staff. We submit it to our West Tennessee board. They sign off on it, and then we start giving the money to those agencies. Now, uh, when when people give to the United Way, I've, I've wondered about this, and you, figure, and you talked about what goes into figuring out where it goes. Can people see some sort of a, a report about where their money's going? Absolutely. We have a, an impact report that's on our website. Uh, I'm actually going to the uh, Humboldt Rotary Club today to speak, and I'm going to show them a breakdown of where it's being spent in Gibson County. Um, and so we're trying to be as very transparent as we can. Right. Um, Keep everything above board. That's, that's, that's something you really want to look for in a, a charitable organization. Right. 
we get audited every year. Uh, our 990s, our audits, our financial records are all on our website. Uh, we report to GuideStar every year of what our financials are. So our goal is to be transparent because uh, what you've seen, and in, in, in Kevin, you know, being a nonprofit, especially the way people give, they want to see where their money goes. Mm-hmm. They don't want to give to an agency and say, well, I think they're doing good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope they're doing good. Um, so we try to show people what we're doing. And the way we're changing up this year is our, our campaign process. When we go to individual counties, what we've done is gone to those counties already, talk to the agencies and people who receive services from those agencies in the counties and making specific videos for each county. Mm-hmm. So people in Dyer County are seeing people in Dyer County that they've helped with their dollars. Mm-hmm. They're not seeing someone in Weekly County or Gibson County or Madison County. So we're bringing it home and showing people that your dollars stay local. We reinvest them through volunteers. Um, and so we're trying to make the biggest impact we can from United Way to the community in West Tennessee. Well, that that is a probably a more elaborate process than people realize that mm-hmm. you guys use, which is really excited. So, if we're talking, let's talk about how much how much did y'all put back into the community last year? This last year, we put one point three six million back into the West Tennessee community. Um, like I said, each county gets their own bucket of what they've raised, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it's not evenly distributed. Um, if a county raises more than than someone else, then that county's going to get more money to distribute mm-hmm. back into the community. And the money that we raised also goes in the programs that we operate. Uh, so anyone in West Tennessee in our service area, 14 counties, can dial 211 if they need a service. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to talk to someone in our office. They're going to ask you what county you're in and what you need. And they're going to pull up our database. And let's say you're in Madison County and you need utility assistance. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, well, Area Relief Ministries are the people that you need to talk to. This is their number. This is the day that they take applications for utility assistance. Mm-hmm. And so it takes the guesswork out of it. So if someone, you know, when you get to that point of needing assistance, it's an emergency. And Absolutely. so you don't want to have to go through the process of finding these numbers, talking to people, find out where you go. You can dial 211. makes it very easy and very direct line to where you need to go. Uh, we've also partnered with a, a group called Family Wise. And just almost any pharmacy in West Tennessee you can go into, if you're underinsured or if you don't have prescription insurance, you can go and pick up a card, fill it out, and on average, you save about 20% on your prescriptions. Mm-hmm. So in the past seven years, uh, we've saved West Tennesseans a little over $2 million through that wow. FamilyWise project. Uh, a few years ago, we started and partnered with Bancorp South. We do a volunteer income tax assistance program and branched out last year to include a little bit of Dyer County, but mainly in Madison County. And we were able this year to help 201 people. Uh, completely free. They have to follow within some guidelines of their annual income for mm-hmm. families and individuals. Um, they get a return. Don't charge them anything. We brought a little over $400,000 back to West Tennesseans this year. Uh, one story that really sticks out, I got to go to the to the reception dinner for the volunteers, and they were sharing some stories. Um, 63-year-old woman came in, got her income tax return, saw what she was getting back, and started to cry. Mm-hmm. And they asked her, you know, why she was crying. She said, well, the past three years, I've been charged, I think, $150, $220, each year to get her income taxes filed mm-hmm. and was getting nowhere near the return she was getting mm-hmm. this year. And so she was being taken advantage of because she didn't know where to go and didn't have an opportunity to go and have a regular accountant. And so she got to go through the program and was able to get it free, get a, get a much bigger return than what she was getting and was just overwhelmed with emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we easily could have serviced almost 800 people, the people that called for appointments, but our volunteer base wasn't big enough. Mm-hmm. Um, the training program is, is extensive, and so we provide that training for volunteers, and they have to have some knowledge in accounting and, mm-hmm. and filing income taxes. Um, 
very extensive training. I volunteered to be a greeter next year, and they told me I had to go through training to, to open the door and greet people. So uh, <laughs> it's the whole process is extensive, but uh, making a difference in people's lives every day. It's totally worth it. So, so that's one way people can get involved is mm-hmm. uh, volunteering to help do tax prep. If you are an accountant or have some background in that, give Scott a call. But what are some other ways people can get involved? And I understand a lot of workplaces give to the mm-hmm. United Way. Uh, do a workplace campaign. If your company does not have a workplace campaign, uh, give us a call. We can get that started up. Um, very painless process. We give you a form. You fill it out. Check payroll deduction if you want to do that. If you want to give one-time gift, you can do that as well. Uh, comes out of your paycheck and uh, it's very painless. Uh, I would say probably the best way for someone to appreciate what United Way does and the good things that go on um, in your community is to volunteer to be on a community impact board. Mm -hmm. That way you get to go see um, the nonprofit agencies that are making a difference, the hands-on difference every day, and you get to be the decision maker on what United Way funding goes to that agency. Absolutely. Okay, so if someone wants to keep up with what the United Way is doing in our region, mm-hmm. uh, what are some of the best ways to do that? We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram now, uh, United Way of West Tennessee, all three of those. Um, you can uh, send me an email. Uh, we're going to start an uh, email newsletter next month. Um, go to our website, mm-hmm. give us a call, and get involved. Absolutely. Well, the United Way does great work in our community and the communities around ours, Jim. And so it's been a pleasure to have you on this morning, Scott. Oh, the pleasure's been all mine. Thank you all so much. And if you'd like to know more about the United Way, what's that website again? It's www.uwwt.org. All right. So hit that up. And then the in the show notes, we're going to put the link to the Civic Master Plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jim, I think this closes out another episode of Our Jackson Home. It does indeed. So y'all remember that if you want to hear more Our Jackson Home podcasts, just head on down to www.ourjacksonhome.com. Check out our great stories and videos and love, love, love Jackson, Tennessee. We'll catch you next time. Today's show was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger and Jim Wilhelm. It was produced and edited by Jim Wilhelm. Bumper music supplied by Aaron Harden. This podcast was recorded at The Co. And for more information about The Co., visit www.atthecoe.com. And for more information on Our Jackson Home, or to suggest podcast guests or story ideas, visit us at www.ourjacksonhome.com. Thank you.